Uh, we're considering the resurrection today, and uh, um, what a great day uh, to celebrate. As a pastor, uh, sometimes you, you wonder what to, to share on a day like today. Uh, some people only come once a year, um, and we're grateful to have you here. And so as a pastor, sometimes you think maybe you should go short on a day like today. And I, I thought about that this week, and I, I thought that's the whole total wrong way to think about that. If you only get people once a year, you should tell them everything that you know uh, in one service. Uh, and so that's the tactic I'm going to take this morning. Uh, brace yourselves. Um, so thankful uh, to be here and so grateful to have an opportunity to share with you uh, about the Savior, um, Jesus Christ. Um, I, I know each of us have problems. I, I know that. I know I've heard from some of you and uh, some of you know things that are going on in my life. And uh, we all go through bumps in the road. And sometimes those bumps are more like gullies, right? And uh, the things that extend out longer. And uh, they're not just for a day or an hour. They're for day after day. Um, you know, and they're different too, right? Uh, for some, it's uh, you struggle in your marriage. Others, uh, you're struggling with your health or your kids or your uh, extended family or wh whatever. Um, we realize this morning uh, that as we think about the problems of this life, they're uh, applied to and they're considering the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so uh, this morning, that's what we are going to fixate on is what uh, Jesus did in conquering death in his resurrection. Uh, I'm going to ask that Kyle, Kyle would put up uh, Romans 10 uh, up on the screen. And uh, we're going to be going through some scriptures this morning that speak uh, to us about the resurrection. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says this, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Uh, those last few words right there, you will be saved, uh, should thrill your heart. Should thrill your heart. The simplicity of the gospel. Uh, to acknowledge with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he is the one, the King of Kings, uh, that he wasn't just another common teacher, he wasn't just another man who was born. He's the King. He's the Lord. And to acknowledge that for you. And then uh, the second part of that, that we would believe that God raised him from the dead. Now, in, in that line, uh, there's a lot there, right? Um, that Jesus was dead. We believe uh, that Jesus came as a, a baby he lived a holy life, and then he willingly went to the cross to sacrifice his life for sinners like you and like me. We believe, uh, because the Scripture teaches it, that, that he was really dead. He was really dead. He wasn't partially dead. He didn't seem dead. He was dead, so much so that they buried him. And three days late, like, like they left him there. They they knew that he was dead. Uh, in his death, in his death, uh, they came back later. And he was gone. He had risen again. 
um, and trusting in this message this morning, I want you to know this, that this is the way of salvation for you and for me. Um, if you're struggling with the guilt of your sin this morning, if you come with the burdens of not knowing where uh, this life is heading for you today and what will happen if you die, I want to tell you, uh, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, believing in His death, His resurrection. That's the way of salvation for you and for me. This morning we're going to reflect specifically on the resurrection. And I realize that uh, some might be here today and you're a skeptic. Uh, you're not sure if you can buy it. It is death. You, you, you can understand that. You, you believe historically on the fact that there was a man named Jesus and he, he died on a cross. But the idea of the resurrection is too much for you. Uh, you, you can't buy into it. Um, I, I want to tell you that this is what the Bible teaches. This is what the Bible teaches. And if you don't believe in the resurrection, you don't believe in the Bible. Uh, you can't believe both of them. Um, the, the Bible says that it happened, that he died on that cross, that he really died, that he was buried. And after three days, he rose again. For some of you, you'll say to yourself or to even to someone who would ask, you would say, well, prove it scientifically. Prove it scientifically. And I want to say, say you can't. You can't. It happened many years ago. You weren't there and I wasn't there. Uh, you either believe the message or you don't. In fact, that's the call of the scripture is that we would believe that we would put our faith and trust in the message of the scripture. By the way, uh, don't put a silly uh, criteria on what you will believe and what you won't believe in the Bible uh, that you don't put to other things. Some of you say, well, I, if I can't touch it and feel it and see it, I won't believe. Uh, do you believe that George Washington lived? Were you there? Some of you think you're old enough to be there. You were not. You're not. You didn't know. You didn't go to school with him, okay? Uh, we don't know. We don't know, but we trust in the accounts that go from there. Uh, how many of you uh, believe that there's a country, Botswana? Have you been there? Has anyone been to Botswana? This whole first service. Okay, I knew there was going to be one. Yeah. Eyewitness account right there. We know because uh, she's been there. The eyewitness account, right? We, we look at these things and we realize that uh, there's many things that we believe in that we have no personal interaction with. And I want to encourage you. Uh, we have much greater uh, testimony to the resurrection found in the Scripture. In fact, um, as for eyewitness accounts in 1 Corinthians 15, You'll, you'll know, it says that 500 people saw the resurrected Jesus. Uh, in a court of law, what would happen? There would be eyewitness accounts and, uh, the lawyers, you know, you know what lawyers do, right? Yeah. Try to twist their credibility. They really didn't see what they thought they saw. Uh, it's interesting also that in the account of the crucifixion, that, uh, the leaders, what did they do? They posted guards outside the tomb. Why? Because they were fearful of the message of Jesus that he said that he was going to be risen again in three days. And this is what we celebrate today. The death on the cross and the resurrection of Jesus are the two events that are inseparable when it comes to the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus Christ. 
that saves. They're inseparable parts, uh, I'll tell you that, because it's kind of like saying, uh, if you're playing, you know, uh, you're playing football or basketball or soccer, and you said, we won the game at halftime. We won the game. I want to tell you that you, you don't win the game at halftime. You win the game uh, as the game comes to conclusion at the end. And as we look at these two parts, we see the death, his death and his resurrection. But this morning, we're going to look just at the resurrection and really uh, what it means to us, what it means to us. And what it means to us uh, is what if it didn't happen? What would happen to us? What would be the implications for us if Jesus had not risen from the dead? I have seven points for you this morning. The first one is this. If Jesus had not been resurrected, he would be a liar and we would be following a liar. Think about that this morning. Even as the, uh, the children uh, video that we watched, there was a, uh, this idea that Jesus told them over and over again in different ways at different times. He shared with them that he was uh, going to die and be risen from the dead. At Mark chapter 8, verse 31. God's word says this. He, he then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. That was the message that he taught them over and over again. And you can imagine uh, how difficult that would be for them to think. First, that uh, this king, this one that they were following, would die. But also, you know, something that they'd never understood. He would rise again. Um, and so as Jesus said that, if that wouldn't have happened, he would have been a liar. And for all of us followers of Jesus Christ, we would be following a liar. Uh, what a difficult thing. Number two, uh, if Jesus was not resurrected, if you could pull up 1 Corinthians 15, 14, um, we would be fools to believe and to preach something that is not true. Um, in 1 Corinthians 15, and 1 Corinthians 15, if you want to really see a account of some of the implications poured out, and uh, 1 Corinthians 15 is an amazing passage for that. But it says in verse 14, And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Right? It's a fairy tale. We are believing and preaching a fairy tale. Uh, but he did rise again, right? And so uh, as we look at this, we realize though it hinges on his resurrection, he did rise from the dead. And so it is uh, not something that's empty. Which brings us to number three, 1 Thessalonians 1.10. Uh, it says this, and this passage is talking about the change that happens in the life of the believer and what they do uh, as they uh, continue on in life. And it says, And to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Think about that. That the believer's life is found waiting. Waiting. Not doing nothing, but this idea of waiting. And, and waiting in protection. 
Uh, we don't wait in a, such a way of impending doom. We wait uh, rejoicing and excited. Why? Not because there's wrath that is to come, the anger of God, but because the riches of heaven are waiting for us. And so we wait. If this were not true, if Jesus had not risen from the dead, we'd be sitting on a curb waiting for a bus that's never going to arrive. Be sitting there, uh, you know, waiting. What are you waiting for? I'm waiting to go. No, you're waiting for the anger of God to be poured out on you. But Christ rose from the dead, and so uh, we are not uh, believing um, in ourselves, but we are trusting in Christ and what He did, His resurrection, knowing that we are protected from the coming end of this world, um, that we will escape that. Which brings us to number four, um, 1 Corinthians fifteen nineteen. That we would, if Jesus had never rose again, uh, this life would be as good as it gets, and it's not that great. Think about your life right now. Think about uh, the things of this life, and you say, "My life is great because uh, I get to live in Bear Valley," or I, I, I get to work in this place or I have my health or I I you know the Red Sox won the World Series last year they're terrible this year like what like think about the things that we take joy and hope in and uh you, you know how temporary they are how how limited they are how uh how changing they are and in 1 Corinthians uh 15 verse 19 it says this, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Pathetic, right? This is all there is. This is as good as it gets. If Jesus is only good for today, we're most to be pitied. It's sad for us. But it's not true. He rose from the dead. That there, there's hope that this isn't all there is. Uh, we're not to be pitied because this life isn't as good as it gets. Number five. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven, And we get from this, this verse, if he would not have been resurrected, uh, he would have been defeated, and so would we. He would have been defeated, but so would we. That, that's the point of 1 Corinthians 15, is that, that because of the resurrection, he was not defeated. And it comes to the end of this passage, and it says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so as it's described his victory, he gives us his victory. He gives it to us. And so... Uh, though we may suffer setbacks and defeats here in this life, ultimately, the victory that He won is the same victory that we have. If He had not rose from the dead, He would have been defeated, and so would we. Number six. Number six. If Christ had not risen from the dead, we could be forgiven, but still dead in our sins. Be forgiven, but still dead in our sins. Think about this. 
as these two events we talk about are two events, the, the cross, paying the debt, right? Paying the debt, the forgiveness. But think about the deadness. These next two passages I'm going to read speak of deadness in Christ. And that's what we are apart from Jesus. And, and that's what our sins do to us. They make us dead. And I, I point to you, but if you want to, point back at me. My sins have made me dead apart from Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, uh, it says this, and, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins. The things that you had done, you were dead in them. They were a part of you. They, they caused death to come into you. And then skipping down to verse 4, but God, being rich in mercy because of uh, the great love for which He loved us, even when we were dead in, in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. We were dead, but because of the work of Christ, we were made alive. The, the, the passage goes on. It says, made alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up as Christ was raised. And he raised us up and raised us up with him seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you that uh, the debt was paid. The debt was paid. He was, Christ was dead. He, he, he took our place. He was dead. But He rose again. And because He rose again, it's not just forgiveness that we have. We have life. We have life. We were dead, but now we have life because of the resurrection. And then lastly, and uh, there's many more things in the Scripture connected to the resurrection and the life that we have, but these are just the seven this morning, okay? Um, I wasn't going to tell you everything that was in the Bible morning. If I could, I would. Verse 7, if Christ had not risen from the dead, we would uh, be held captive in our sin. Colossians chapter 2. Um, Colossians is a book about the supremacy of Christ, how great He is and how far greater He is than, than anyone. And in chapter 2, it's talking about uh, His supreme worth and how that connects with us. And in verse 12, pick it up and it says, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. Verse 13, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. That last verse, I'll fixate on that, but uh, Ephesians chapter 2 uh, really connects with this passage in Colossians. In a similar way, it talks about the deadness of our sin. 
And what happened, what happened in his death on the cross, what happened? The, our sins were nailed to the cross. It was a, a connection with what he did on the cross to our being forgiven. But verse 15 connects to being uh, his, the, our risen Savior. It says in that, you know, picture this, the, the rulers and authorities speaks of those that we cannot see. Our enemy and his workers, okay? And Satan and, and, and what he does. And, and this picture here is this, that our sin, our sin has caused us to be enslaved to sin. Stuck there on the wrong team, if you will. Stuck on the wrong team. And I, I want to tell you, apart from the resurrection, you would be stuck on the wrong team. Not just on the wrong team, but in your sin and can't get out. Think about that. Stuck in your sin forever. We would be held captive in our sin. But in verse 15, it says that he disarmed the rulers and authorities. Took their power away from him. He says, I'll take that. I'll take that. It's much more descriptive in the language and the connection in the Greek language because it connects to this, this victor who triumphs over an enemy. But it's not just that he triumphed over the enemy. It's that he brings them to shame. He undresses them. He causes shame to be brought to them because they are no longer powerful. And I want to tell you that apart from Christ's work, His death, His resurrection, apart from Christ's work, you're stuck in your sins. can't get out. But because of the resurrection, His triumph is your triumph. His, His victory is your victory. It's that you get to be part of the parade. Jesus leading the way. You haven't done anything, but you get to enjoy in the parade. You get to be on the winning team because he, he snatched you off the wrong team, stuck in your sins by disarming them in the resurrection. In the resurrection. If he didn't rise from the dead, all these things would be true. But he rose again. Rose again. He's not a liar. We are not fools to believe in the message and share the message of Jesus. Because he rose again, we are saved from the wrath that is to come. Because he rose from the dead, we have we have hope that's not just for this life, but it is hope forever, hope eternal. And because of him rising from the dead, the sorrows of this life will be left behind. Because He rose from the dead, He won the victory. Because we're in Him, we also have been given the victory. Because He rose from the dead, we are not stuck in sin, but we are alive in Christ. Because He rose from the dead, we are freed from the sin and can live the life of the overcomer because of Jesus. Rose from the dead. This is why we celebrate today. Please join me in prayer. God, thank you for this morning, the blessing of being together with your people and to have all these guests with us here today. 
God, we ask that you would continue to remind us of our need for you daily, that we would not drift away, but that we would draw near. God, I pray that as a church and as your people who are gathered here today, that that we would want you more, uh, that we would worship you more, that we would serve you more, that we would wait uh, for the return of your son, Jesus, our Savior, more. God, glorify yourself in our time. Thank you for your son, Jesus, him going to the cross and being risen from the dead. And it's in his name we pray. Thank you so much for being here today. What a blessing to have you all here. Hope to see you next week.